I'm Anna Barnard. And I'm Maria Ramsey. And you're listening to Never Wear Boring Socks. to another episode of Never Wear Boring Socks. Today, we're going to be talking about body image. This is a huge topic and could easily take up several episodes, but we're going to scratch the surface today, and we're going to talk about a few things related to body image, including why so many of us struggle with it, why it's so harmful that we as a society place so much value on thinness, and what we can do in the world to help move things in the right direction. But first, Anna, what socks are you wearing today? I'm wearing some, I believe they're Costco socks. Um, they are gray, and they have some blue and green stripes on them. And... I don't know if I chose these for any particular reason today. I kind of liked the blue and the greens. It made me feel a little outdoorsy. It's still warming up. It's going to be like 40s and 50s this week. Nice. I'm kind of in this mindset. Um, But they also matched my outfit. That's I'm wearing always a, a plus. Shirt, so <laughs> it kind of works with it. So, yeah. Those are the socks I am wearing. What Very socks nice. are you wearing? I'm wearing tall-ish socks. They're like not quite knee highs, but they're taller than crew socks. And they're sort of an off-whitish, beigey color with ruffles around the top. And I picked these socks today because I am currently feeling very angsty about my life as a young adult. And I'm really missing the carefree days of my youth. I've been for the past few days in like full on quarter life crisis mode. So I felt like I needed some socks that would make me feel the way that I want to feel. So when we did our episode of nostalgia, we talked about what feeling are you wanting to feel? Based on the nostalgia, the thing that you're nostalgic for. So I miss the carefree days of my youth, like I said. Mm -hmm. So I chose these very kind of innocent, carefree, youthful looking socks. I like it. I'm sorry you're going through a quarter life crisis. <laughs> it's okay. I think most people around my age can probably relate. It's yeah. It's just something that happens, and I'll, I'll get through it. It'll be fine, but that's just my feelings at the moment. Yeah. I'm glad you have some socks to help. Exactly. Me too. So, body image. I thought that we could start our conversation by talking a little bit about our own experiences with body image, like maybe maybe how our relationships to body image has shifted over the years. Do you have any thoughts on that, Anna? Yeah. Um, 
Well, when I think about it, um, I usually kind of default to thinking that the body image struggles that I've had have kind of been around for a long time because they're I'm very familiar with them now, I guess. But that really isn't true. Um, I probably have had them mostly since my sophomore year of high school or so. And I don't think I thought about it that much before then. Um, I think, especially when we're younger, we just, when we're little kids, we never think about that stuff. And I kind of forget that. Um, So it, it has been more of a recent thing for me. Um. And I think for a number of factors, um, I think one reason was that I was pretty thin and lanky when I was a younger kid, and then when I hit puberty, I got, um, I, like, filled out a lot more, and I got more curvy, and being a runner that was kind of hard because it slowed me down a lot and I was in cross country and so part of it was the visual thing and I enjoyed being lankier and it was just easier um I also um have a large breast size which has just been hard for like buying clothing and stuff so that was, like, not very fun because on top of, like, the thing that's, like, oh, I would rather look a different way. It was, like, wow, I have to, like, buy certain clothes to fit into things. And that's just, like, a hassle. On top of it, like, like especially for cross-country, like, buying sports bras was, like, the most annoying thing. <laughs> and that's just, like, frustrating. And so um, part of it was this fact that, like, I used to be thinner and now I'm not as thin and that was frustrating for me and I was like am I not being as healthy as I used to be is there a problem that's happening um but part of it too was this idea that it was slowing me down in cross country um I was having to deal with buying clothing um that would fit me better and that was just like annoying and irritating I think for me to reconcile with and so I think I had a mindset that if I was able to lose some weight, then I would be faster. It would be easier to buy clothes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but a lot of it following that has been the I would just rather look a different way sort of thing. Um, and I think a lot of it is on like a very day-to-day basis. It's interesting. It's not very much like, oh, you need, like, I'm not always like, oh, you fundamentally need to, like, change something about you. It's like, oh, today I'm noticing this, and that's annoying. Like, maybe I should lose weight, or maybe X, Y, Z. Um, And so, yeah, that's kind of been my relationship with it, but I definitely have dealt with a lot of stuff with body image insecurity since like beginning middle of high school i would say but i also think it's gotten better since i've gotten to college yeah Mm -hmm. and part of it has been my relationship with food as well and i love food food is like one of the great joys of my (laughs) life um but i also 
have like some digestive stuff that's tricky. And so sometimes I'll be really bloated after I eat. And then I'll be like, oh, like, do I need to lose weight? Or is this like a digestive thing or like blah, blah, blah. And so there's like a lot of factors that contribute to it. And a lot of it is not as much fundamentally like every day I'm like thinking that I need to change it. But it's like I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if this were different sort of thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes that sense. That makes a lot of sense. That was kind of rambly, but. No, that, and that's, that's good to hear your story, I think. Yeah. I like what you said about how kids just don't really think about it. No, not at all. I, I think there are a lot of, sadly, like pretty young people, girls especially, who do think about it. That's true. That's true. Which is really upsetting, but it still like takes a certain, like it only starts at a certain age. Like when you're like four years old, nobody's struggling with body image. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. That's like one of the things that I miss about the carefree days of my youth, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. don't worry about these things, what other people think so much. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, I feel like my, my journey with body image is similar in some ways. And in that I used to be thinner than I am now, which has played a huge role in how I feel about my body, how I did and how I do now. I always thought that I had like this really healthy relationship to my body because when I was growing up, like even in high school and college, really, I didn't. I didn't have a lot of insecurities about my body. I did have some, of course, I think we all do. I like yeah. certain things were bigger or smaller, like kind of a different shape. But it wasn't something that I really thought about a lot. So I kind of thought I just had this really healthy relationship to my body. But then I kind of discovered after gaining some weight, mostly in an effort to get my period back, which we talked about a little bit in our period episode, um, which worked, I think. I gained some weight and I got my period back. But after that, I realized that it wasn't so much that I had had a really healthy relationship to my body before. It was more just that my body fit into the idealized standards of beauty. Right. So I didn't have to think about it. And then once I was a little bigger, I started noticing insecurities more and like feeling self-conscious about my body, which just wasn't, it just didn't come up before. So yeah, it's something that I, has come up into my life more since I graduated from college. So. Got it. Yeah. That makes sense. I think that's really interesting how you framed it in that it wasn't necessarily that you were, like, incredibly confident in your body just because you were able to have that mindset, but it was because you didn't have to think about it because it conformed to certain societal standards of, yeah, of yeah. body image. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that kind of speaks to the, the fact that there's a, like a thin privilege because society is biased towards people that are thinner. So if you are thinner, it is something that you just like, don't really have to think about a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's kind of thrown in your face a lot if you're not. So. Exactly. Yeah. So 
We wanted to talk also about some of the reasons why so many of us struggle with body image. And firstly, I think that a lot of this has to do with our culture's focus on appearance in general. Um, I mean, it's pretty obvious that <laughs> our society is kind of obsessed with how we look and how we present ourselves to other people. And this is not just in terms of body size and shape, but that is one part of it. That's one part of our appearance. And because there is a certain body shape that is most prized, like most seen as beautiful, there's a really skewed portrayal of which bodies we see in the media. So we see a lot of really thin people, especially women, I think, in movies, TV, ads, everything. Um, even though that doesn't accurately represent what most people look like, that's just kind of the current standard of beauty right now, which is not even, it's not a universal standard of beauty. It's, it's particular to our culture in this moment because in other places and other times, being curvier was actually more desirable because it showed that you had resources to get more food. So I think that's interesting to remember kind of what cultural factors are going into it. Yeah. Well, and it's, I don't know, when I think about um, my perception and my relationship to the media and how they represent bodies, um, I think it's a very subconscious thing, the way that we perceive the projected um, ideal images. I don't know. It depends on the person. But I think, like, ever since I was a young child, thin has always been the ideal. And I've ne never necessarily had a certain thought process that goes, well, these things are telling me I should be thin therefore I should be thin. I, I mean, I don't think that's how it worked for me. I think it was very much this, you, it's like indoctrinated and you just see it all the time. And so it's an expectation, I guess. Um, and I always, I always kind of was aware of it, but I haven't really completely realized how much it's affected me until um, I started seeing ads that are portraying or that are um using more models of varying sizes and not airbrushing models anymore um i know um there's like a couple websites that sometimes i buy clothes from that are doing that more but also target is starting to do this which i don't know if you've noticed um i've gone into a target recently and they have uh swimsuits for sale now because it's getting to be spring and the women in the um, ads for the swimsuits like that are like on the walls and stuff are of varying sizes and they are not airbrushed. Like you can see like if they're bending over, like they have wrinkles in their stomach or whatever and, and mm -hmm. things like that. Um, and I was I just like was very aware of it, whereas with like airbrushed models. You look at it and it's not like you think about that. You're not like, oh, like that's obviously not exactly how they look. And it's obviously altered. 
because they do it in a way that makes it look like it's not altered, but also you're it's it's very clearly sending you a message. And so when you when I saw these ads, I was like, wow. I don't know, because I just you mm-hmm. never see that. It's it's weird. So I think seeing the alternative made me realize the effect that the kind of status quo has had on me. Yeah. I think you're right. A lot of it is subconscious. It's not like you said, a conscious thought that you necessarily feel like you need to be thinner, but it it's like we're inundated with all these people who are beautiful and part of that beauty is that they're thin. Like all the women who are idealized visually are thin for the most part. I shouldn't say all, but yeah. Yeah. And I think this also has to do with the, there's a really pervasive diet culture. There's like always people trying to sell us a new thing that's going to make us thinner. And it's always, they're always trying to tell you that thin is better. And that you should change something about yourself to be better. And it's always these examples of people who are so much happier and more attractive and more fulfilled after their dinner. And I think in a lot of those ads and in our minds also, it's not really about the size of our bodies. It's about how we think we're going to feel when we have that particular body, which is what advertisers are capitalizing on, I think. Like, we think that if we have the perfect body, we'll suddenly have the perfect partner and the perfect job and the perfect life and everything. Um, And I think it's true that maybe losing weight could give you that confidence to pursue those things. But that's only because we as a society place so much value on thinness and you're going to get positive feedback based on losing weight from yourself and from the media and from people around you like it's not actually the weight that's making all those things possible it's the confidence which is bolstered by all the people and things around you that are so focused on thin being the ideal exactly right no i love how you say it's more about the attitude than the actual results like the actual effect that it has on your body because again, you could feel all those things if you were just confident about how your body looked now rather than having to change it. And the other problem with having to change your body is that I feel like once we start on this track of changing it, like there's no matter what we do, there's still going to be things that we're not satisfied with. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, you just have to accept it. Um, also, not all bodies want to be the same size like maybe someone is healthy at a thinner weight and maybe someone else is not like when i was really thin i didn't have a period which is like a big sign of your health and i think that's true of a lot of people and we have this idea that thin is healthier also which is not necessarily true there's actually been a lot of research saying that that is not the case And I think it really depends on your specific body. It's not something that can be generalized. Right, yeah. And this is the problem with the diet culture, is that it does generalize bodies. Yeah, exactly. And you you need to individualize it. Exactly, yeah. So it's it's just completely problematic. 
Yeah, another problem is that it just makes people feel bad if they don't look like the people in the after photo, which is totally unproductive. Right. That's not helpful. Um, and I think, so going back to more reasons why a lot of us struggle with body image, I think like, like we were saying earlier, we're all just kind of inundated with these messages all the time that thin is good and fat is bad. And I think it's a cycle. So the more that we perceive bigger, curvier bodies as less attractive, the, and the more we talk about our bodies or other people's bodies in a negative way, the more it becomes an issue because we're just perpetuating that and getting ourselves deeper, deeper into the issue. Yeah, for sure. No, it's all about positive representation. And I, I think if you can treat yourself, well, I don't know. I don't know exactly where I'm going with this, but I think if you, a lot of times we look in the mirror and we see negative things about our bodies and we just kind of start attacking ourselves, but you would never do that to like your friend. Right. Like you never, you never treat someone you love like that. And like, you should love yourself as much as you love anyone else. And sometimes even more because like, you're the person you're stuck with forever. Like you need (laughs) to be okay with yourself and you need to be more than okay with yourself. You need to like excessively love yourself because it's super important. Um, and so you need to talk to yourself like you're your own best friend because you are. Mm-hmm. And like I'm guilty of not doing this all the time and I don't know why this is a thing. It's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. it's easier said than done, but yeah. I totally agree with you. Like you said, you're the one that you're going to be with all the time. So you need to be accepting of yourself. Yeah. And I also want to point out that so of course we know by now that like it's not good to talk about your body negatively it's not good to make negative comments about other people's body but i also i remember learning something in social psychology in college about how talking about people's bodies in a quote-unquote positive way in the context of losing weight is also harmful so like telling somebody that they look great because they've lost weight is actually not Good. I don't remember exactly what they were measuring. Some like self-esteem, maybe. I couldn't find the study, so I don't have all the details. But I think that like telling someone they look great because they've lost weight just perpetuates the belief that you look better when you're thinner. And then it's always this like thing, subconsciously probably in your mind, that your attractiveness or your worth is based on the size of your body whether that's reinforced negatively when you gain some weight or positively when you lose some weight. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought this up. I actually read an interview recently with um, Beanie Feldstein, who um, she was in Lady Bird, which came out this year. And she's also, um, she was on Broadway and Hello Dolly this year. Um, And she was talking to this person about how she's lost some weight recently and a lot of her family members have talked to her about um have have made comments about it and be like oh you look so great like you've lost weight etc and she's like that has been so 
hard for me um, because she said when I was quote unquote like overweight or unhealthy by societal standards, I was like very comfortable. Like I had gotten to a place where I was comfortable with my weight and I was like I was fine with it and I liked being this weight and I didn't want to change it. And now that it has changed, everyone's like telling me that it's good that I have changed. And that's just like put me back into this place of of reconsidering like where my weight should be when I was just perfectly fine with it before. And it's making me feel like what was um, fine in terms of of my standards was not. Yeah. And and so it's just it's such a personal thing. I mean, you have no idea what kind of effect you're having on a person when you say things like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. I think it's super important to just ex- when when you're complimenting someone on their their appearance or anything. Why? I mean, why does it ever have to be attached to someone's weight? Yeah, it just that's doesn't a good have point. to be. Yeah, and you also you can't know what's going on for the other person. Like, yeah. it's totally possible that they were actually healthier when they were when they weighed more. Like, you don't know that exactly. So I think it's just really important not to make comments about people's weight. Yeah. Unless they, like, specifically ask you a related question. But, like, still, then, you have to be really careful. Right. So. Well, and going on a similar track with this, I was watching um, a YouTuber that I really like recently, and she was talking about how she's gone on a med recently for her OCD and anxiety, and it's made her gain weight. But it's helped her OCD and anxiety. Yeah. And some of her family members have told her she should go off the med so she can lose weight. And why is that more important it's than like, her mental no, health? No, no. Yeah, Ugh. exactly. It's, I mean, again, like, the re, ah, she has gained weight, but she's healthier now than she was because she's taking care of her mental health. Like, yeah. it's not, your health isn't fully determined by your appearance. Exactly. Yeah. And we generally assume that people who weigh more are not as healthy, which is so harmful and just like not true. There's actually been a lot of science saying that it's not as bad for our health as we think it is to weigh more. So for an example, I found one study that found that the difference between your actual and desired weight is more correlated with your physical and mental health than your BMI is correlated with your physical and mental health. In other words, if there's a bigger difference in how much you weigh and what you would like to weigh, a bigger difference in that is a more accurate indicator of your health than your BMI. So it's not actually as much about what you actually weigh. It's more about how you feel about what you weigh. Which is just points to the fact that we need more self-acceptance. Yeah, exactly. And acceptance of other people also. Right, the, the problem is not the weight, the problem is the mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And another study, this one is by Dr. Linda Bacon, who's a really good resource on all this stuff. I discovered her on Katie Dalebot's podcast. She has a good interview on there. Uh, she studied a group of quote-unquote, overweight women. Um, Some were taught the health at every size approach, which is what she is an advocate for, basically saying that 
fat is not an indicator of being unhealthy. It's just another like thing, another part of you, but it doesn't mean you're unhealthy. You can be healthy at every size. So some of the participants were taught health at every size to accept themselves at their current weight. And then the other group of women in the study dieted as we would normally do in our culture, unfortunately. So after six months, 41% of the dieters had dropped out of the study versus 8% in the health at every size group, which is like already a really big indicator, I think, of how unsuccessful dieting is. So I don't know exactly why they dropped out, but something appears to not have been working. And then the dieters who stayed in the study initially lost weight, but then they followed up two years later. And after those two years, neither group had changed weight significantly, significantly. So the people who had lost weight actually just gained it back. And the health at every size group had improved their health in a variety of other factors, whereas the dieters had not. So the health at every size group, even though neither group had lost weight, had better self-esteem, less depression, better body image, better blood pressure, better blood lipids, and better eating behaviors. So one possible explanation that she offered was that people who are more accepting of themselves take better care of themselves. So I just, I think that's a really fascinating study. No, that's so cool. I mean, and that's like really helpful for me because I feel like a trend in my body image perception a lot of it comes from um like my conversation in my own head about health and so yeah. as much of it is like oh i'm looking this way today that's frustrating i would like to look this way a lot of it too is like well if i look this way like maybe i shouldn't have eaten this um like is this going to affect my health am i healthy like am i not healthy because of that and I don't know, like seeing stuff like this is just really important for me in regards to like my own body image journey. And I know it is for a lot of people, too. And I think that's just like such an interesting study and so profound. And and it makes you view other people differently as well. I think, again, (laughs) I think when society tells you that being overweight is unhealthy, then there's like this sense of like pity for people who are overweight or wanting to help them get healthier if they're overweight and it's like they could be healthier than you are right even though they're overweight you don't like know. yeah and so yeah i think that really helps me gain some perspective in regards to that yeah and i read something else that was interesting i don't have the my notes in front of me but i she was talking about how since Basically, telling people that they're not good enough because they're big is a form of oppression, and that actually oppression is a better indicator of what am I trying to say here? But basically, she was saying that being overweight, according to society standards, and being unhealthy are not correlated because one is causing the other. You know, correlation is not causation, as we all learn in statistics. Um, But that it could be that the oppression because of people's body size is causing the 
unhealthiness mm-hmm. basically yeah right i just okay. thought that was really interesting i had never heard that exact explanation before For but sure. i just think there's like so many so many factors to consider we can't just assume that people are unhealthy because of their body size yeah for sure well and i think what's really great about all these studies and the conversation we're having is that a lot of this acknowledges a more holistic view of health as well um Mm -hmm. and acknowledges that it's not just about physical health it's about mental health and so i think it also um contributes to the conversation about mental health and destigmatizing that and being aware that confidence um and acceptance of yourself can be so good for your health in ways that completely outstrip bmi or things like that um and i think that's really that's a really positive step that we can take in incorporating that kind of mindset into our conversation about health yeah well and the kind of last thing that we wanted to talk about today was what can we do as people in the world to move things in the right direction And I think one of the things that we can do is educate ourselves on these issues and share resources with other people when it's appropriate to do so. So Dr. Linda Bacon, like I said, is a really good resource. She has a lot of information about health at every size and a lot of scientific studies that support that. And she she has a book, too, that I haven't read. And then also Isabel Fox and Duke. She will put the link to both of their websites in the show notes i discovered both of these people through katie dalebout's podcast which is also a really good resource on body image stuff her podcast was really helpful to me with my own body image journey hearing things from experts in the field like linda bacon and isabel fox and duke when i was kind of struggling with my own body image issues post-college so those are some good resources Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. And I think uh, talking about um, listening to experts and things like that acknowledges how much these societal expectations, again, have been, like, ingrained into us. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, the, the more we talk about this, the more I realize, like, how my attitude is so skewed. Like, again, we say these things and I know them to be true, but my thoughts a lot of the time don't line up with them. Yeah, Um, because it's just so like ingrained in me to go the other way. And it's kind of it's almost sad that like we need these experts to like justify this for us. But like we need to look at these resources. We need to use any resources that we can to change our perspective on it in order to better accept ourselves. But I think it just like attests to how much that has been ingrained into us from such a young age because of societal standards of weight totally because that both of them when i listened to their interviews on katie's podcast I, there were all these things that i just didn't know yeah and i yeah. was like why don't i know this as a person in the world like this is very important information why have has everyone been telling me the opposite of this so anyway educating yourself is a good place to start and then also, I think setting an example of loving your body as it is and not dieting is really helpful both to you and to the people around you. I think the more we can treat our bodies with kindness, no matter their shape or size, especially in the presence of others, the more that's going to rub off on other people and the more we can change the status quo. And I think a 
especially if you're in a position where you are around kids regularly, if you're a parent or a teacher or a babysitter or something, I think you have an especially important job of setting a good example for these impressionable, impressionable young people. That's definitely a time when I'm like hyper aware of what I say about my body. One, just when I'm around friends, but also when I'm around kids, because I know that they pick up things from the adults around them. And I don't want to spread that to the kids that I come in contact with. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. If you're in any sort of leadership role or any role that is affecting younger people, you have, you automatically have a certain degree of responsibility. I mean, you sign up for it when you decide to take on that role. And yeah, it's really important to set a good example. Even if you're still struggling with your own body image, like, Make it seem like you're not. It, you know what I mean? Like, if you're in, in front of these kids, I think if if you have learned about body image and have learned that acceptance is the best thing, even if you're still on your own journey, the more you can provide that message to them and show confidence to them, will it will totally rub off on them. I'm not saying that you should be, like, inauthentic or lie to them or anything like that, but I think it helps you realize how silly it is to be unaccepting of your body when you're in contact with these kids. I mean, like, these kids aren't judging you for it at all. Like, again, and we if ta- they are, it's something they learn from other adults. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, it's just, I don't know exactly where I'm going with this, but yeah, it's, it's, it is a fine line. Again, I don't want it to be like, you should just make it seem like you don't go through anything and it's, like your body is perfect it's not like that it's it's that portraying a certain degree of confidence to them will not only i mean it's gonna help you as well as it's gonna help them and i think ultimately fulfilling this responsibility to be a good role model for these kids is just super important in not just the short term but like the long term for continuing this body image conversation because those are the kids that are going to be having this conversation later and having these possible struggle struggles later in life. And so the more you can do to, to show uh, an example of confidence and acceptance is going to be just so helpful to them. Yeah. And like you said, it's not about like pretending that you're not struggling with it, but I think it's a matter of noticing when you are about to speak unkindly about your body yeah and thinking like that's it's not a good time for that i don't think any time really is a good time for that but especially not right now yeah right that's if you're having feelings where you're feeling self-conscious that's not a productive way to deal with them and you're also projecting that onto the people around you that's like something you need to talk about with a friend who is gonna be a good listener or your therapist or your journal or something not just like randomly saying these things about things you don't like about your body around your friends or kids. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for articulating that for me. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so I also just wanted to say, related to what I just said, is when you do have an unkind thought about your body, which like I think we all do pretty much to some extent. It happens sometimes. I think forgiving yourself for that thought is also important, like not getting 
mad at yourself because you're like, oh, I thought badly about my body. I'm not doing this right. I'm not making progress on my body image issues. Like, I don't think that's helpful either because the goal that we're going for is self-acceptance. So I think the goal is to forgive yourself for those thoughts because it's totally understandable that you have them because all the messages that we're getting all day, all the time are supporting that thought that you have, that you're having. So I think forgiving that thought, but then like opening yourself to other perspectives on the topic is maybe the way to go about it. Yeah. No, accepting your body isn't just like repressing thoughts about it. Like accepting mm-hmm. your body also means accepting the thoughts that you have about it and then growing in that and becoming better at changing your perspective on it. It's it's a process. It's not just going to happen immediately. And you have yeah. to be forgiving of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then one other thing that I wanted to point out is I think it can be helpful to just notice the body diversity that is around us because the media is so skewed towards thinner bodies that look a certain way. I think it's important to look around and notice that not everybody looks like that and just appreciate the fact that we have different body sizes and shapes. And that's part of our identities part of what makes us unique and it's yeah to have a more representative picture of what people look like yeah definitely so for our listeners this week we would love to hear if you learned anything new in this episode i certainly learned some new things when i was doing research for this episode when i was learning things through katie's podcast from linda bacon so let us know what in here was new for you, what you learned. And also let us know if you have any other resources that we should check out. Because knowledge is power, so let's share the knowledge we have and share our power. Do you have a quote for us today, Anna? I do have a quote. It's kind of a long quote, but I think it's a really good quote. So I'm going to read most of it, if not all of it. Okay. Okay. So this quote is from Glennon Doyle. And she says, your body is not your masterpiece. Your life is. It is suggested to us a million times a day that our bodies are projects. They aren't. Our lives are. Our spirituality is. Our relationships are. Our work is. Stop spending all day obsessing, cursing, perfecting your body like it's all you've got to offer the world. Your body is not your art, it's your paintbrush. Whether your paintbrush is a tall paintbrush, or a thin paintbrush, or a stocky paintbrush, or a scratched-up paintbrush, is completely irrelevant. What 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 is relevant is that you have a paintbrush, which can be used to transfer your insides onto the canvas of your life, where others can see it and be inspired and comforted by it. Your body is not your offering. It's just a really amazing instrument which you can use to create your offering each day. Don't curse your paintbrush. Don't sit in a corner wishing you had a different paintbrush. You're wasting time. You've got the one you got. Be grateful because without it you'd have nothing with which to paint your life's work. Your life's work is the love you give and receive, and your body is the instrument you use to accept and offer love on your soul's behalf. It's a system. 
We are encouraged to obsess over our instrument's shape, but our body's shape has no effect on its ability to accept and offer love for us. Just none. Maybe we continue to obsess because as long as we keep wringing our hands about our paintbrush shape, we don't have to get to work painting our lives. Stop fretting. The truth is that all paintbrush shapes work just fine, and anybody who tells you different is trying to sell you something. Don't buy, just paint. No, wait. First, stop what you are doing and say thank you to your body, right now. Say thank you to your eyes for taking in the beauty of sunsets and storms and children blowing out birthday candles, and say thank you to your hands for writing love letters and opening doors and stirring soup and waving to strangers, and say thank you to your legs for walking you from danger to safety and climbing so many mountains for you. Then pick up your instrument and start painting this day beautiful and bold and wild and free and you. I love that. That's like making me teary-eyed. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> That's yeah, great. I really liked that quote. Um, <laughs> I like the the paintbrush metaphor, I think, is really helpful. I think sometimes metaphors are the only way that can really reorient our thinking. Um, it's a way to completely visualize things in a different way. And I think that metaphor really helps um, looking at body image in a different way. And it just speaks to the fact that, like, diversity is a good thing, and we don't treat anything in the same that we, way that we treat our bodies. Like, again, paintbrushes create beautiful art, but it's not like we use all the same ones, and it's the same for humans. Like, mm -hmm. we create all kinds of different things, but we don't have to all look the same when we're doing it. Um, and, yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff we could unpack with that quote, but I just think it is a really good attitude toward how you view your body. And again, your body isn't like this product that we have to fix. It's a tool that we can use to better interact with the world. And we should accept it in whatever form it is, because that's what gives us the tools we need to sense things and to see things and to hug people and things like that. And so I think it just really speaks to how silly it is to view our bodies in a negative way although exactly. natural it's not it's not necessarily helpful yeah mm -hmm. thank you so much for listening this week we hope you enjoyed the episode we also hope you'll join us next week we're going to be talking about happiness please subscribe to us on itunes stitcher and google play and leave us a review on itunes we really love to hear your feedback and it helps more people find the show and also lets us know what specific you what specifically you like and want to hear more of you can find show notes for this episode at mariacatherine.com slash podcast slash zero two eight and catherine is spelled k-a-t-h-a-r-i-n-e Please get in touch with us. We would really love to hear from you. Our email is neverwearboringsocks at gmail.com, and you can also get in touch with us through our social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at neverwearboringsocks and on Twitter at noboringsocks. Many thanks to Ben Ramsey, the cheese beast, for doing our audio editing, and to him and Martha Barnard for their help on our music. Again, thank you so much for listening this week, and until next time, never wear boring socks. <laughs>